Hey, y'all, welcome to the More Than Words podcast. We are your wonderful, amazing hosts, the aunties of inclusion. I am Liz. And I'm Sarah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Listen, we miss y'all. Um, I don't know about how y'all feeling out there, but we hope that you are feeling good. Liz, I miss you, girl. Like, I feel like, okay, I just saw you, which I did, but then I now miss you because you're not close enough for me to be like, hey, girl, let's go get coffee. So how are you doing? Tell everybody how you been and what you been up to. Well, I had my first uh, trip back to Houston. So I was only there for a week and it was whirlwind. And I know I saw you last week, but um, also a lot's happened since then. So I feel like I'm really disconnected from you too. And then you've been real busy this week too. Girl, are you dominating the world or what? I am. Listen, the world was dominating me this week. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, uh, I hit a wall and I didn't know. I was like, listen, you know, sometimes when you so tired and like you've been in the trench too long, like you in a project and spreadsheets and version 45 versus version one and you just tired i just sent the text liz usually like checks on us and we we chat all the time but man she hit me up she's like you've been quiet i'm like i hit a wall we'll find words to talk to you later i'm okay (laughs) that's all i have that's how i know that it's really really heavy and i'm glad that you recognize that hey like this is too much for me because i think most people would just push and push and push until they can't anymore and that's where burnout happens and so the fact that you recognize like I'm I'm I hit a wall I can't go anymore like I just need a break because I think so many people you mentioned this a few episodes ago like we've been everybody's been going so fast since January usually it's kind of like a little slow creep up to to happen but this has not been the case for 2023 it's almost coming like fiercely back to yes. us <laughs> yes yes I I will say so Liz tell so I would say I agree with you 100 I feel like the last quarter in this first part of the three months of the year has been just a little bit faster than normal but Liz what you been up to so I ain't talking to you all week what you been up to I feel like you've been up to something <laughs> I have actually <laughs> um you know, one thing that I was really glad that I went over to to Houston, as much as I love, I love Houston, it's always going to be part of my core, it's going to be part of my foundation, it's my, it's my, it's my roots. Um, I'm also really grateful for our move that we made to the UK and for everything that the the kind of the joy and the peace and the calm that we have here. Um, Because I stepped right into Houston traffic, and that was just definitely not fun. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) I was like, no, no, thank you. Okay. Um, Yeah, but it was really great catching up with people. Um, You know, it's it, it, it. I think this week has really, there's a lot of gratitude this week, and a lot of joy. And just like, I think I needed that time just to kind of re- kind of just kind of re reaffirm my whys and also you know to remind me like this is this is joy this is what life is about and this is why we did what we did and um but the beautiful thing is that I have both worlds mm-hmm. and you know how how lucky am I to say that I have a home in two places well actually don't, it's not a physical home but like a home you know <laughs> 
First of all, I am so happy for you because when you came, first of all, y'all, Liz came in to Houston and she was looking so good. You hear me? She was like hair dry, skin vibrant. She was so cute. I was like, okay. And then, of course, the boys were fabulous and taller than the last time I saw them, which I didn't care for. I was like, y'all need to stop that. Don't grow anymore. But yes, it was great to see you and the family. Shout out to Mama D and everybody who welcomed me um, at the house. That was the first time I got to see the whole family and they got to see all of this. And uh, They welcomed me pretty well. And I ate so many nachos. Just FYI. Don't act. We'll tell you another day about these nachos, but listen, they knew me at the end of the day. They knew me. They knew me. So listen, Liz, we have somebody uh, a special guest here today and for those of you who are on YouTube and if you're not on YouTube you cannot see this screen here which is giving a little bit of a surprise okay look at them nails okay something's happening so if you want a podcast you're missing out <laughs> so I'll let you know FOMO FOMO but Liz uh, we're gonna so just for the audience we're gonna jump past our auntie moment today go right in to this amazing guest because we got something special for you and I'm super excited I want to hurry up and get to it so Liz I'm gonna pass it to you to introduce our guest Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have this crazy idea that, um, and this was inspired by our guest, right? Um, I was like, Ooh, what if we do this creating art, like live, someone's coaching me through art or coaching us through art, but Shara's not participating, but she's going to be a, what, what are you going to be like a, like, so, uh, well, participant in another way, witness. not in the art, be a, a witness. witness. She's going to be a right. witness to my I'm gonna art. I'm going to give the verbals of what people could be experiencing if they was on YouTube. <laughs> well, yeah, like hop over to YouTube, go to our webpage, morethanwordspodcast.com, hop on yeah, our yeah. YouTube link, yeah, and yeah. then you can see all this amazing things. You can see my earrings, you can see Shara's yes. beautiful yellow sunshine yes. over there. We give it, we the give it all camera. that today. We're giving the artiste. Frida Calor, like, you know, yes. that. And I know Qué art's calor. very, very important to you. <laughs> Qué calor. Yeah. Um, so anyways, this person has is someone that's very, very important in my life. And I haven't known this person for a very long time. She is a CDI alum. And she actually, shout out to CDI, yes. Um, she actually was my peer coach. So she coached me because in CDI, we coach each other so that we can grow and learn together, right? That's why the closeness and the connection happens so, so much aside from those sessions that you're in. And so um, we have Erica Powell. So she is going to come on camera shortly, but I do want to say a little bit more about how I met Erica and how we connected, right? Because this is all virtual. I, I She's in the Bay Area. I'm in Houston. And, you know, we're very far away from each other, but somehow we just connected so closely and talk about a phenomenal coach, just someone that she always asks those questions that, you know, make you like, you know, your sweat and your body, your body shape is like, you know, she's, she, she knows exactly what I'm trying to say, but I don't know what I'm trying to say, but she's trying to figure it out too. And um, she's just a phenomenal coach. And I, I became such a better coach because of her as well and because she pushed me. Um, so I want to bring Erica on. 
welcome Erica to the podcast. You know what, Erica? You are right. We do need music. See, see, this is why Erica and I connected because a we love to dance. We love to have a great time. We like colorful things. Yes, but soon you're gonna get the boop 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 That's what you really want. I know that's what you really want. Don't Erica, don't get involved because she is going. I, I, she wants to get that that sound machine thing. That was one of the first things she wanted to buy when we were doing this podcast. I was like, so should we get mics first? Like, no. She was like, I was like, no, I want like machine. a DJ sound machine. Like, wah, 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 wah. Like, I, I think oh, that's a good Erica. investment. I think that's a good investment. That would be good. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Erica, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Welcome to our podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. So, Erica, do- well, first of all, it's Dr. Erica Powell. Okay. Because we, listen. Hey. We- Okay, Dr. Erica Powell. So we did not know that. I didn't know that before you changed us you know, until you popped up. I was like, okay. <laughs> Get those credentials. Uh, so first of all, Dr. Erica, we are, we love our guests and we always start off with our two favorite questions. And the first one is, you know, what are the top three dimensions that are important to you at this moment or you lead within the world? And the second part of that question, just so that you can flow with that, is like what stereotypes that come with that that impact you? Mm. So my top three are race, because as a Black woman, how could I not think about race? It affects everything from how I'm perceived in the boardroom with my clients, wherever I go down to just the other week, I was trying to get ice cream. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. He asked me to wait and he served other people. What is that about? Um, And I love ice cream. So I felt some type of way. So race is in my top spot. Then uh, for me, it's also age because I'm getting to be of a certain age. If y'all know, you know the throwback. Some people will get it. Some people won't. It's okay. A woman of a certain age, Google it. Um, (laughs) And as a woman of a certain age, I've noticed that uh, after Christmas, the tinsel never shook out of my hair and it just kind of like stuck. And with that comes um, things, I think the the age and the ability are being tied together. Like I, I'm noticing things about myself. I'm noticing things about my body, things that I used to be able to do, like go run hard. I can't do that. I need naps. <laughs> I need uh, my, my current existential crisis is what am I going to do with this weekend? Do I go to the self-defense class or do I just stay home and chill? Or do I go to the African dance class and then take a walk and rest? So um, my life is changing and I'm very much aware of that from an age and ability standpoint. <laughs> In terms well, of stereotype. Oh, go ahead. No, we're excited. Like, Liz and I just was like, okay, wait, we are going through that same experience. Like, I, like, felt so seen. I felt so seen. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you must have been in our group chat because we <laughs> literally was having this conversation uh, literally this week. It's a thing. It's a thing. Like, and, and it sneaks up on you. And I'm kind of mad that in Western culture, we don't have rituals <laughs> around this. We just keep plowing through because. That's what 
aspects of white supremacy culture and capitalism say to do is like, don't honor the moment of transition. And I'll be the first to say like, there's a certain age and 40 and some people are like, oh, that's not, oh, that's not, you still a baby. And I'm like, I really wish you would ask me, what is it like to be turning 40? Because mm -hmm. so much in my life has changed from an age, from an ability and from a race standpoint, it has just put uh, the spotlight on that. However, I move through the world. You know, Erica, you hit it right on the nail. I definitely can resonate with, you know, age and getting older and just, I think we don't do enough celebrating on getting older. I have no desire to go back to my 20s, okay? Because I was stupid in my 20s and made lots of decisions that I shouldn't have made. And then my mm -hmm. 30s, I had to pay back all those things that I did in my 20s. And then towards the end of my 30s, I'm like, okay, here we go. I know myself now, you know, I'm, I'm growing. Yes. I have to go every four weeks now to get my hair, you know, you got tinsel too. You have tinsel? Yeah. This is why this is happening on this side, because okay. I got some right here, just on the widow's peak, you know, just there. First and of all, y'all, I want all that. I want all of that. I can't wait to just be silvered out. Y'all will not be able to tell me nothing. All no, see wisdom, the, my gray is a different stuff. texture. How it comes in. It's how, how it comes in. Yeah, Liz, for the win, the texture changes and it doesn't just be like, oh, it is a flat. shot. No. It, and it like all of the flat edges in the world <laughs> go away. And it's like, oh, right around my crown, right in the middle of my head, especially right here. I just got these little antennas flyaways that no, are like, your yeah, crown. You, you got your crown. You got your crown. You got your crown. Put the it crown hurts, on, queen. But like, it doesn't come in as a crown. It, it comes in as little, <laughs> <laughs> little antennas. And then probably in like a year or two, maybe three years, I'll have the elegance. But Shara, I'm just telling you, like, get ready. She's excited. my first gray hair, I called my mama. It's like, mama. I got gray hair. Look, and she was like, "I can't yeah. see it." I was so disappointed. I was like, "I can't show it to you no more because I want to pull it." I was so excited. She was like, "Oh, this is just..." And I was like, "Shara, I got a gray hair. Pull it out. Pull it out." Right. I was like, "No, I name them. I put names to them. I'll you be put so names." Excited. Like, yes, and they're very masculine names. Actually, I don't know why. I'd be like, "Oh, this is Geraldo. Oh, where I got that name from? This Geraldo, like, yeah, like the I don't know the TV show. I don't know." It's so <laughs> So that it's so weird, right? I don't know. I'm not telling y'all no more of my business. I'm I love it. No, of babes. Uh, the other thing that people don't tell you about are the chin hairs. <laughs> and I am vain. Okay. I am vain. Like whenever I see the little chin hairs and mine have, have names, beep, ebop. One is right here. One is right here. Um, I, I feel a certain type of way. Cause I'm like, beep, you gotta go bop. You gotta go. Cause I keep hearing it in the back of my head, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. These are the things we don't talk about. I know people get uncomfortable. Let me just tell you, we still cute. We still fly. Still and we all. all of it. We still get <laughs> all the attention and all the, listen, I just laugh because I know it's somebody cringing right now because the norms around this is to have like experience shame or embarrassment or to hide behind it. So this is what it looks like to live authentically and to go through a stage of life. So 
Listen, I know I cut you off, Dr. Erica. You was about to say something as your third thing from the diversity wheel, and I want to make sure we honor that. Yeah, ability. So um, I feel like since the pandemic, ability has been really spotlighted for me on with regards to um, mental health. Like my anxiety has been out the roof at times and that affects how I move through the world. Um, and I also, uh, experience depression. So when I'm working with folks, I really have to be careful how much I take on. Um, and there's still that, I guess, notion in the back of my head of like, well, this isn't a thing just because you have anxiety or just because you feel depressed, that's not enough to like, cancel a meeting. That's not enough to not take on a project. That's not enough to really align with the things that um, are part of your purpose. So I, I'm I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that along with the rickets and crickets that come with age, like, ooh, my knees. I had plantar fasciitis. I love to walk 10,000 steps every day. Liz knows. We will literally text each other. We're like, did you get your 10K in? Did you get it in? We'll send each other pictures like, oh, look at this pretty little flower that, that I saw during my walk. So I that that ability piece um, has been really top of heart and top of mind for me these days. And I think the, the intersectionality of it all, right? What does it mean to be a Black woman of a certain age with anxiety and depression? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and Erica, you're definitely not alone in that aspect. And I think so many... Um, so many women and men, especially people in uh, people of color, they it's almost like a taboo to talk about mental health and to say, hey, like I'm struggling here and I need an extra hand, you know, um, things are changing. And, and you're almost like it's you're grieving that person that you were, you know, the 10,000 step person, the person without the the gray hair that's. <laughs> You know, and when you start kind of your body starts fighting against you, you're like, wait a minute, I am a youthful, vibrant person. Like in here, I am this, but out here, it doesn't match with in here and out here. It doesn't mean that you're not authentic. It's just that this is part of the the kind of changes, you know, and 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 how do we move forward? You know, how do we say what parts are we okay with and what parts are, are we not okay with or Simple as like, there are things that we just simply cannot control. Yeah. And that's and I why just, I love being on, sorry, on, on your podcast. Cause what you said was just resonated so much. It was like, of all the podcasts to be on the aunties of inclusion, right? Like this is the kind of stuff you can talk about with your aunties, with your grandma, with your mom. These are the things that it's like, or your dad, or for me, if I, let me talk just about my lived experience we didn't really talk about these things, right? It was just an assumed, like, okay, keep on moving, keep going. And I think that's the value of being together in this moment, right? Is that you can talk about your chin hairs with your aunties. You can talk about like- <laughs> This made me laugh every time you say chin hairs. I'm so childish. Also, child, is this such a serious topic that I can't help it because I'm still five on in? All I hear is beep and boop. I know, beep and boop. And I was like, Barney? I remember beep boop. Barney? I'm just sorry. Listen, don't, whoever is, listen, this is how my brain works. This is what a, a five-year-old inside of a adult body sometimes says. 
my mind just go off into visuals. Like I've been out of names. I have faces for Beep and Boom now. Anyway, listen, I wanted to say, <laughs> like, any artist, please make the character of Beep and Boom. I know, I know. I'm a, listen. If I, if I could draw, that's okay. Let's not give them too much. But I'm just saying, if I could draw, I would because I'm like I see something. Anyway, Dr. <laughs> Erica, I just want to acknowledge this moment and and Liz, right? Like. This is a moment right now that we're sharing this authenticity and vulnerability of how we show up every day. We're so many people are going through a shared experience because our clients are talking about this. Like I know, like this is a part of the intro to all of the coaching sessions. Like literally, coaching sessions are becoming shorter because just that check-in is becoming longer, where people just need that connectivity and support. And I will say that for those of you who are not going through this experience and you are a friend, partner, you know, community community support, tribe support, whatever that is, like, just remember that to spend that time asking someone if they are, are, are okay or what do they need and how can you support them because, or what's going on, right? And for those people who deal with friends who, I have friends who be like, if you ask them how they doing, they'll be like, I'm good. Be like, okay, so what's so good? Like, what, what are the good things about life right now? Because you got to get specific. Like, you got to get those close. Like, and for like my brothers, I'll be like, so how your money? How's your money? Because that's what normally things stem, right? Like it spirals there, right? <laughs> so I'd be like, okay, so how you, are you good? Oh, okay, how's your money? And uh, how's this? Not that they have issues with money, but normally money like sparks them into talking about other things. It's not normally about money, but like, I'm just going out there. I think we all need those tools and think about it. But man, this really means a lot to me and it couldn't be perfect timing. We don't script. We don't script this. I don't know who's in charge or how they how they know <laughs> to really get people to talk about the things that y'all talk about on this podcast. But I I'm honored to be able to have this conversation with you because I think it it really hits at the spirit of inclusion for me, which is um, how authentically can we show up with each other? And once we know, to your point, share what's happening with us. What are we going to do with that information? It's not enough to say, oh, I know this is going on. The next step is to say, now that someone has included me in their experience by sharing, being brave enough, being vulnerable enough to share their experience with me, <clears throat> what do I want to do going forward with them? What do what, what can we co-create knowing what we know about our chin hairs and our antennas and our tinsel? See. You can't look, Erica, you are the one of the first people to really, <laughs> really teach me about paying attention to my physical reactions when you would ask me questions. Like that's something that um, and we'll get into kind of the your art and nature part of it. Like you use art for me as kind of a tool to for me to connect with my own body and to connect yes. for my body to connect out with nature. Because when you just said this before the chin hair, um, I mean, I like I I could feel like just kind of a sensation, and then like my eyes started watering. I think there's somebody's cutting onions uh, downstairs, and uh, but it just like I got really emotional about that because oh, we're going through the world, and especially in the U.S., right? Um, it's getting really, really confusing, and there's a lot of things happening that. Um, are being threatened at the moment in our world. And I think what you just said right now, where, you know, how are we creating these moments of inclusion? How are we creating an, a community where we watch out for each other? You know, um, where kids can be kids, 
and and you know they can play basketball they can ride a bike and feel safe and right now that's just not happening so i think that this um this conversation is so critical and i just like my kind of emotions just came through you know yes you know i have two children and one of the reasons why we moved over here is for safety of my children and um you know going back to houston and then coming here and then seeing what's on the news, you're just so eternally grateful for those choices. But at the same time, you have this guilt that you've left everyone behind. And you're just like, gosh, what do you do? So you saying that just brought so much emotions to me. And oh my God, there goes the onions again. So Oh my goodness, onions, <laughs> onions. Oh, those onions. Ugh. But no, like, I mean, it's just, and I think every parent can relate and resonate that, you know, I I feel so passionately about two different things. Our children, because they give us hope. They are our future. They are world changers. And our elderly. They, as Sharon knows, like our, our neighborhood is filled <laughs> with elderly people. Very, very like 80s, 90s. And they're out walking. Rocking it. To- uh, they're rocking it. I had to go help a lady walk her to her house and carry her groceries. But she was adamant that she wanted to walk. I was like, okay, okay. So like, you know, can I, she didn't take me up on the offer of like walking with her, you know, every day, but that's okay. Um, And, you know, they hold our history and we have to take care of, of people, right? On, on both spectrums. And also in the middle, right? Just people in general, just showing that kindness and taking care of one another and truly loving one another and showing that joy and love and kindness. And I think people have forgotten that in so many ways recently. And I just, yeah. I want to bring that back. And I know people are getting uncomfortable with this, with this conversation that we're having and, um, and they probably are carrying opinions or, you know, biases in their own way, but these are real people. We are real people. We are people. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so thank you for that. <laughs> thank you, Liz, because it 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 strikes me that this is the real moment. Like this is the moment, or what is it? Hamilton says this is not a moment. This is a movement. Like mm-hmm. this is the mo- movement slash moment that we're living in, where everything has been turned upside down and disrupted. That we have to see ourselves as the bridge between the young ones and those who are older. Like who whose responsibility is it to bridge those two worlds? And kind of how I got into art and nature was like, how do I not get overpowered by the emotions that come up, the grief, the sadness, the anger that I feel when um, the young man uh, down in Kansas City, knocked on the wrong door and get shot. How do I not get taken out by that wave? And for me, uh, art and nature have always redirected me to our greatest power is that we can create in this moment. So even on a podcast like this, right now in this moment, everything that you share, that Shara shared, that I share is actually creating that spiral out. And that's what we have to believe in to not get taken out by the wave. Cause the yeah. waves are strong. Y'all. In the words of, <laughs> uh, 
was it? Uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost Molly. Girl, you in trouble. <laughs> you know, Erica, you, yeah, it's so true. The wave. I love the. I love any analogy about with water and movement because it's that that feeling that it's over overtaking you in some cases, but the fact that it recedes right and it's it gets low where you can take a step back and see everything the way that in a space where you feel like you have a little bit more time and, and control and the a bigger lens right when you go when it recedes so I love those analogies but I, I do agree there's a collective drowning right <laughs> uh, overflowing of just information and social responsibility and your unique identities are being challenged every day in a time where you know, when you get comfortable with one thing, you're navigating another thing. So, you know, honestly, I'm excited to hear about uh, Dr. Erica, about how you use art and tools, because I'm not sure about all of you, but sometimes even I found that my toolkit doesn't serve me for some of the things that come up now in my life. Now that's the word. Now it's the word. Yeah, it gets a little <laughs> scary when you're like, I done did all this growing. I did all this work right. and I got all this network. And I'm like, this tool don't work no more. Like I'm not no. throwing it away, but it just don't work on this. <laughs> I agree, Ashera. Like I felt like that this week where I was like, I was so disappointed in myself almost like saying, Matt, I journal. I, I, I'm praying, I'm meditating, I'm going for walks, I'm taking deep breaths, like, I'm, I'm reading positive things, I'm, you know, I'm doing all these things, and yet, still, here I am, spiraling, you know, so yes, I, I completely agree, so, Erica, can you share with us a little bit on how you kind of connect art and nature and, you know, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's such a perfect, um, such a perfect question. And Shira, I love how you, you said like the things I'm doing is not working. <laughs> and Liz, when you talked about that spiral, so how I found art in nature was precisely that. The things that everybody said to do, go to therapy, go do this, go do that. Um, it, it wasn't really doing it for me or I, it was only moving me so far and or real talk to get a good therapist costs a lot of money. And I did not have that. I could not afford to pay out of network because in this country, our healthcare system and our insurance system is a total racket. So <laughs> I had to um I had to find ways to connect and save myself. And I had to find ways to look within. For me, um, I noticed around 2018, I got very sick. I was, I was living the dream, y'all. I was like, you know, regional training manager, doing all the things, traveling to Seattle, traveling this place and that place. And my blood pressure was, I think at worst, I hit, uh, gosh, like 160 over nine, no, 90 or maybe even 110. Like I was literally... 30 some 36 years old or 30 30 something years old do the math um and I was I was really in danger and I was starting to experience the beginning of burnout and I knew oh my gosh I need a change I need to do something differently um or else I remember a doctor told me you get it underneath control 
or we'll get it underneath control with medicine or life will get it under control. And we don't want to leave it up to the elements um, because young people do have strokes. I had a colleague that had um, a quadruple bypass and he and I were about the same age. So that was a real wake up call for me. Um, I've always naturally been drawn to art. I think it was probably one of the first things that I said that I wanted to be when I grew up was an artist and a writer. But my dad, um, like many dads of color, particularly a, a old school black male, wanted to protect me and said, you want to be an artist? How are you going to make money? You got to make money. Because that was something that, you know, was important to him. And as I start to adult, <laughs> I can see the importance of it. Um, so I went the academic route, right? I went the, let me go get a PhD. I got a doc, I got a bachelor's and I got a master's and I got a doctorate. And then let me go work in corporate because dad said, I got to make money, go make money. And making that money was actually bringing me down. And again, like I said, I knew I needed to make a life change. And so just simple walks, um, I would remember being in meetings and I was like, oh, I can't even hang on. Like I, I couldn't even listen. That's that's how far gone I was. Um, and so I just started doodling. I would like doodle the main points of the meeting. And, and that's really how I started. And since then, it, it has been uh, my saving grace. It's the one thing that I know I can do with me. I don't have to wait for somebody to say, you know, like, here's your crayons. I can actually pick those up. Um, I don't have to wait to go for a walk, even when it was raining a few months ago, like I could still get out and walk. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful, Erica. Thank you for sharing that. So we want to go yeah. into kind of a little bit yeah. of an example, Are right? Where feeling frisky? I'm ready. Y'all have me okay. with the onions. I'm ready. I got all my colors. Okay. Well, um, tell the people downstairs. I have no. I have ready. no like. I have no non-bold colors. Just so y'all know. It's like that, that's all. I love the colors. I can't wait to see what you're right. gonna put together. And though for those of you who are just joining us. First and foremost, you don't miss the last, so you need to hit that 30 second a lot. Boom, boom, boom. But we have been celebrating um, differences, how people are leveraging diversity, equity, inclusion in different spaces and nature and art is really kind of our focus today. And so getting, having, you missed a good conversation, so I ain't going to tell you what you missed, but you missed it. But we about to go into this section where um, Dr. Erica Powell is going to show us or more, make, more so I get to be the witness. Liz get to show her fabulous look. We're gonna have to do a replay, a redo of this. Okay, because I have and I just want to warn everybody. I know Erica's gonna tell me everybody's an artist. You got it in you. But still my lines, Liz. Okay, yes, (laughs) yes. But like my art is like a little, you know, stick figure, and I'm like, ha, Picasso. Yeah, so the activity that I prepared for um, you, Liz, and for anyone else who's listening, grab your grab your markers, grab your acrylics. Like Shara said, re-listen, replay, catch up. Um, thankfully, this will always be here in virtual space for you. You can follow along live or you can play at your own pace. But it really is an activity designed to help you start to see, Liz, how art can be a medium for intercultural dialogue and how it can help us approach the unfamiliar and those places that um, might be outside of our comfort 
comfort zone because art is a powerful tool for that. I won't get into the research on it because um, it's more fun to make the art, but I will recommend one book. It's called Your Brain on Art, um, and it goes into all of the neuroscience and all of the, the biology about art. Yeah, what we'll I will say, link, we'll post a link on that book on our website. For oh, sure. that would be great. Yeah, it just came out um, and it, it's fantastic. One of the things that I um, extracted from that particular book, and I always knew it at my core, but it's great to see it validated in writing because sometimes I come up with these ideas and I'm like, <laughs> sounds cool but it sounds a little out there. And then when I see it in writing, I'm like, okay, yeah, I wasn't out in left field. So anywho, here's the quote that I'll read to you. And then we'll start to just really get into our experience. I'll do a little bit of container building so that you can get into the pool and then we'll play. So the quote that really struck me from this book is one by um, a person named Richard Kamler. And they wrote, Art is our one true global language. It speaks to our need to reveal, heal, transform. It transcends our ordinary lives and lets us imagine what's possible. And that's what we'll be playing in today. Mm -hmm. The space of healing, transformation and imagining what's possible. I have seen art change my life. Um, So just by actively doodling, Again, like you said, Liz, just making stick figures. Uh, I have been able to change the course of my life just by getting out on the land and taking a walk. I have been able to get my blood pressure down from that wild number to a few months ago. I literally cried in the doctor's office when he said, oh my goodness, your blood pressure is exactly where we want it and need it to be. Um, And that that meant a lot because I had put in the work. So art can and will change us. Like you said, Liz, stealing my line, everyone is an artist. I believe that at my core, because really art is simple. When we break it down into its smallest parts, art is just line, color, shapes, patterns, location, and working with space. So leaving things blank, shading things in, that's all it really is. And that's all I'm going to be asking you to come back to and play with today. You got your pens. If you're playing at home, you can use your, you got the heavy stuff like the watercolors and all all that stuff. Look at her doing the little pen dance. And of course she would, she would pick pink. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Couple of ground rules to kind of keep in mind as we start to to go through the coaching and and the set of questions that I have. One, there is no right, there is no wrong, there is no good, there is no bad. And I'm gonna keep coming back to that as you put stuff down because you'll probably have some narrative and some script and talk to us about your process as we get into it. Other thing is that I want you to use this experience as an opportunity to give yourself freedom to create. So this is an exercise of self-liberation. I want you to go with the flow, even if something surprises you, or even if you have a strong emotion. And even if you're like, oh, why is this coming up? I wanted to talk about that. We're just going to go with the liminal space and whatever the flow wants to show. And don't get up don't get caught up in form is the last guideline or principle, right? So it doesn't have to look like anything, Liz. 
It doesn't have to look like a tiger. It doesn't have to look like a heart. You really just want to trust your hands and the colors that you choose to move you around the grid and around the canvas that we're working with. So Shara, your, your job um, is to watch and listen and connect with what Liz is creating. And you may also make some observations around how what Liz is creating connects to this meta campus of our life and the life of your listeners. So are you ready? You ready, yeah. Shara? Team ready. Liz and Shara? <laughs> we dress for the occasion, yes. <laughs> Let's go. So okay. Liz, first step, I want you to draw four dots in each corner. Well, one dot in each corner of your canvas. Okay, dot. And make them just like you're doing, nice and simple, not too pronounced, just pop them there. And this step really helps focus us. It's a step and a, a technique that I borrow from Zentangle. Has anyone ever done a good Zentangle? No. Okay, so is. put that on the homework list, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Google Zentangle is a creative meditation process where you literally use patterns and shapes to create um, a composition. And these first steps get us to focus. And that's what I want you to really do. It kind of opens up this sacred space of creation. It gets you in relationship with those elements of the corners. And, and if you think about life, or life as a canvas or taking a snapshot. Um, next step for you is I want you to connect those dots corner to corner, or if you're feeling frisky, you might do a diagonal. I don't know what'll come up. You don't know. Know How does she know? Like, How does she know I don't follow? Like I don't follow the, the rules. Now hold, hold on, because I know you like to. I know you like to break the rules, because that's why we're friends. <laughs> you can connect with a straight line. You can create with a squiggle. You can create with a, a zigzag. You can connect those however you want to connect them. Oh, I like so that. Go ahead. I like the little Don't... zigzag thing. Yeah. I will say though, observation is that just even in trying to disrupt, still being a straight line, using a straight line first. Mm -hmm. It's yes. kind of our nature to just kind of start with what we know and be acceptable and be linear, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So notice how this starts to break that up. And so go ahead, keep connecting yours so that you get a nice little square. You do want a, a oh, square. Oh, you're going to do a square. Okay, yeah. Square, rectangle. We're not geometry people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for so sure. for those of y'all watching, is I'm not watching, which go to YouTube, but um, she is definitely doing like these staircases um, across or through the boxes and then around just different types of squiggly lines to kind of frame it all out. But if you think, in, in my mind, it reminds me of the the edges of a stamp. Now, listen, I'm dating myself. If you ain't used the stamp, then you don't know what I'm talking about. Go Google it. But there is some edges. Whoever has those Lisa Frank uh, coloring boxes, that's what, that's what you're getting. Okay. I feel so um, personally attacked. I just uh, bought just, stamps. <laughs> they had dogs on them with hearts. <laughs> first of all, I had to call my mama and ask her, where do you get stamps from? And it was after I said it, I felt like I should have said this out loud. She laughed at me. It was fine. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> all right. So that's step one. Now, step two, we're going to get a little deeper. Step two 
I want you to make a decision about how you want to look at your canvas. There are two ways for this. You can go vertical or you can go horizontal. When you go vertical. go vertical, okay, yeah, go with you, go with your gut. When you go vertical, typically we start to look at the harmonics of a situation and you start to analyze and you start to look at the step-by-step linear sequential ways of looking at the world or the canvas. I think the when camera you, has it horizontal, but I'm I'm looking at it vertical. You're looking at it vertical. Okay. <laughs> when you go horizontal, which is interesting. So those of you who are watching on YouTube, you'll you'll see this um get created in a different way, right? Than how Liz is an, is experiencing it, which is that's a powerful teaching in and of itself, right? Liz sees the world this way, but others see it uh, a projection of how she sees it. When you go horizontal, and at some point I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an option to change. Typically, you're doing a wider lens and you're looking at the peripheral, and that tends to be more visionary. Again, no right or wrong. You chose vertical, so we'll stick with vertical for now. Step three is more of a reflection step, and so I'll get quiet, and I want you to think about. What DEI topic or what cross-cultural challenge or puzzle is most top of heart for you right now? Notice how I phrased it, most top of heart for you. And so think about it. And whenever you're ready, go ahead and just start moving your pen. Start creating squiggles or shapes or whatever comes to mind. Again, there's no right, there's no wrong. You can use a different color. You can stick with the same color. Player's choice. Oh, do I talk about what my biggest thing is? If you'd like, yeah. So some people like to narrate it, so go for it. Some, some people like to have some quiet time to just draw. So go with what naturally comes up for you. So I think for me, the reason—I mean, I don't know where the squiggly lines are coming from, but I think one of my biggest topics that I have um, when it comes to DEI is actually on DEI professionals, fellow coaches, fellow consultants. And I think we're going through an attack on people who do this work, especially people of color, especially people who are fighting and in and, and they're they they have this sense of justice for their own own experiences. And they're like, I don't want this to be true for the next generations to come. And this is why I am in this work. This is a personal experience for me. And, mm-hmm. and this is why I am in this work because I have the lived experiences. And it is, it is a generational kind of thing that, you know, we want to fight these, we want to create a new legacy. We want to change that narrative of what is true. And I think one of the things that really kind of is top of mind for me is, you know, many of the positions in DEI are filled by the dominant culture and p for people who and for people who are trying to get into this field who don't have all the qualifications that are required you know um it's costs a lot of money to do all of this and there's there's so much talent out there in the workforce and this is not just on you know diversity equity and inclusion professionals or coaches this is on anybody. And I think both of those two, well, I guess another topic came into my head. Both of those two topics are very top of mind for me. It's like, 
One is, you know, thinking about your current workforce and who are you excluding from these jobs? And the other thing is, you know, how are you taking care of those people within your organization who are doing this work? And how are you caring for them? Um, what are expectations are you putting on them that aren't realistic? What kind of harm pause, and hurt? Pause there for a second, Liz. Yeah. Pause there for a second, because I want to bring Cher into the conversation. Cher, what are you hearing and what are you seeing as Liz talks? And yeah, so <clears throat> the the ironic thing is Liz is talking slower than she has ever spoken on this podcast. And mm -hmm. this is the list that I get to see when we're having our deepest, most intimate conversations about us and others. And it's funnier to watch the fact that she has this yellow because even in this very deep topic, very vulnerable topic, she's using yellow, this very bright color, which is her herself. Like, that's how she leads in this space. She leads with her positivity and <clears throat> not toxic positive. I want to say that out loud, but like a positive point of view that is authentic and candid, but it is, it allows people to see through where, like where you, where you could be going and that you're not alone. Even more so interesting is to hear her talk about that the environment, right? The environment is such that it's challenging and changing, but yet her hand was so steady in the circle movements, like her hand, she was very clear about where we, what what that meant, where we are, what's the state of DNI and the practitioners and the barriers, of the the barriers to entry or barriers to stay into this work with this calmness of the stroke of the pen, which is such a like, I was just like, it was so methodic, I almost got caught up into the narration um, by watching her actually draw this these lines. I mean, these circles. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed um, I noticed that hypnotizing, and for those of you who listen or, or rewatch, really pay attention to how it, it's like hypnotizing the way she started to move that pen and how she kept going back. And it was like weaving so many different pieces together. And I would, I would imagine some of your work uh, Liz, and what is most top of heart is how do you weave that together? The thing that really yeah. struck me when I look at your canvas here is that you stayed in that one area. Like a little cheese. Yeah. yeah, you stayed There's in There's a lot the of food topics today. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody hungry or hangry. <laughs> so let's go to the second um step because we're we're in the depths now of, of this creative flow. I want to put the spotlight back on you, Liz. And I want you to think about, and again, use your pen, move your marker, whatever comes up is whatever comes up. When you think about what you just shared, what you heard from Shara, what you heard from me, what emotions come up for you? What angers you? What hurts you? What makes you afraid? What stirs uncertainty in you? And again, just keep moving. Mm. Same color, new color, you'll know. Yeah, so I think for me, you know, hearing Shara talk about the calm and the methodicalness, and, and I am very calm. I think I deal a lot with anxiety. Um, it's just part of 
me. And it's not, it's not, it doesn't define me. It's just a component of me. And um, I also think I have some unresolved or uh, ADHD in there that never got undiagnosed ADHD. Um, But anyways, the reason why I am so calm is because I'm using my hands and I'm actually able to kind of focus all the things that are happening in my brain. I'm able to focus and to kind of put all that energy in here. And then what ends up coming out for me is my truth, like really my true feelings that, and it's completely my own authentic self on that. And so when I think about what is top of mind from a DEI perspective, top of heart, not top of mind, uh, top top of of mind, top of heart, my top of heart, it does anger me um, because I am a person that, you know, didn't, you know, I I don't have a, a background um, in, in HR, I've said that multiple times, but I knew that I had a calling to be a coach, to be a facilitator, to be a consultant. And so, you know, I, and I also see too, because I have a network of people who are amazing coaches and who are amazing facilitators. And I'm, I've learned so much from all these individuals and I hear it again and again and again and again, and again, I'm tired I can't do this anymore. I'm getting out of this field because I'm tired and I'm hurting. And every time someone tells me, oh, well, what's the new DEI trendy word? Or um, how are we going to, what's going to be the return on investment on this? Or how much is this going to cost? Or, you know, how many people are running employee resource groups right now? that it's their second or third job, but they're not getting paid for it. And they're actually impacting the the culture. And I hear it so many times, you know, I feel passionate about this, but I'm also really tired. And every time someone questions my purpose or my passion, it's like I open up all those wounds, especially if it's someone that comes from a historically um, underrepresented group. Yeah. So again, the question for us to chit chat through before we go to the third step, which is the transformational step, what are you noticing? I'll start, Shara. I notice um, Liz, her, now her composition is getting very linear and she's still working in one part of her, one of her quadrants, if we will. And I'm seeing just a lot more linearity of like lines, especially when she was talking about, again, play back the video, I'm tired. And I could see that emotion coming through in that pen stroke. I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah. And I I would be curious if we have more time. And this is why I love doing this type of work with folks in an extended session. It's like, hmm. We're tired and are you tired and what are we tired of? But we'll get to that in a minute. Char, let's hear from you real quick and then we will um, move to that third step. Yeah, I, I saw the same thing. I actually got like a tear fell from my eye. I didn't even know it came. I was like, what's going on? This is my girl. Like, but but what it it was the it was the hand strokes, right? It was not the words I've heard we've had these conversations, right? This is our journey and this is part of our individual journey, but our shared journey together and, while, and, and, and a part of our purpose in this work. 
But what I noticed is that the strokes became a spider web. And so mm-hmm. I just kept seeing all of these interconnected pieces and just seeing how she's creating these new lines on top of, you know, some existing lines and they just be- building this web. And it it really was starting to go along with the narrative of like, we are working so hard and so diligent and we're trying to be a part of this in every angle, individually, collectively, and community and family. But the the but there is so many more things that we have to tackle or that's barriers or those types of things. But I was optimistic because at the end, that's where the tear came, is that we she was just navigating this thing. Like this thing was like, hey, it's a spider web, it's complex, but you know what? It's just it's just growing and it's just getting and the fact that it's green maybe is also very much so just like telling me to go. Like it's just as we just gonna keep going. And no mm-hmm. matter how complex it is or what people ask us, but yes, it's exhausting, but let's just go. Like we're in it, yeah. you know. So I it was this like beautiful moment. It's like this is my friend telling y'all some things that we talk about behind the scenes, the authenticity, but y'all get to see actually the the lines and how complex we know this place to be and we just like green go for it like we here the image that popped to my mind um was the image of the pyramids like we are building new pyramids and Mm. or bricks if you look closely at that it's like oh when you put bricks or when you put stones into a pyramid shape or the mayan ruins in and, you know, in Mexico and Guatemala, it that's what I'm seeing in there. And I want to move to the the transformational step because I know we only have was it about 10 more minutes before we we land the plane. Um, and I want to honor your time. But one of the things that's important for you to remember, Liz, Shara, anyone who's listening or watching, is that there's a real transformational power in art, even just through this conversation, even through this drawing. And I want to give you an opportunity to experience that, that art can actually create new possibilities. And I want to give you the opportunity, Liz, again, pick a new color, you stick with the same color, go with what is flowing for you. I want you to answer this question. What do you need or want? Given all that you've shared, all that you've heard, and Liz, you or Leah, Liz, you've been in a vulnerable position because I know you usually like to talk, and I'm like, eh, let, let's just let her receive right now. Let's just let her get the mirror because that's what a good coach does. Like, <laughs> here's I'm telling the y'all, here you Erica hey, was we, my we mirror. The ICF mold here, like. <laughs> No, you know, you know, they're supposed to speak, but like we, we want to give you the opportunity to understand how your art, the art of your life, the canvas of your life, what you see, what you feel, what you hear, what you experience is impacting other folks. And the question I want you to, to play with right now, and again, you can go anywhere you want. You can turn that canvas. You can work in a space that you haven't worked before. But I want you to really sink into this question of what do you need or what do you want? Mm, That's powerful. And I think, I think um, 
what both of you said is completely right. I just didn't know that that's what I was actually thinking when I was, uh, when I was, uh, drawing this, but yes, like I, I thought about kind of the, this is kind of, it is like a web, right. And it is almost like you're building on top of something that's so wonderful. You're building something new that is so wonderful and powerful, and we need to continue keeping to do this work. And I think what I need, um, and I think, and I, I hope, but I don't want to assume that everybody else needs this, is that community and that calm and the peace and the joy, because those are things that people can't take away from, you know, um, and showing each other, you know, I talked about this a lot earlier today, was about that love um, and how we protect each other. So I got to spend a lot of time back in my uh, <laughs> my stomping grounds when I was in Houston. Shout out to the North Side, and mm. uh, you know I got to recall all the like kind of my experiences growing up. And in in this small little street where my mom is at, everybody watches out for one another, and mm-hmm. we're a community. And so how I see this with other people who are coaches, who are DEI professionals, who are doing culture work and inclusion work, that we have to stick together. We have to continue doing this work that we can call it whatever it is, but we know ultimately where we want to go and what we what we want to achieve and why we're doing this. Because the thing is, is in that little street, um, it was it was it's it was full of people who immigrated from all parts of Latino America. And there's this kind of joy and this power that comes in this neighborhood, right? They're not the richest, but money wise, they're struggling, but we w- watch each other well, we watch for each other out all the time. They don't have degrees. They don't have. They don't have corporate jobs. They don't, you know, they're just trying to make it day by day and trying to put food on the table and trying to, um, uh, just trying to do their best to survive. And um, my parents are one of those. And I just, yeah. um, one thing that nobody can take away from you, they can take, your money they could take your job but they can't take these powerful things away from you they can't take away that community that group of people that joy those things that you learn from your ancestors that will be carried forward to your children which is that 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 fierceness that boldness that survival that desire to always do better, that even though the world is telling you that you don't belong here, that you don't belong in these spaces, I'm telling you now that you do, that you belong in every single space, every single space, because the world needs that kind of boldness, that world needs that kind of rich culture, the food, the love, the joy, the community, watching out for one another that that little street 
If more people were like that in that little street where they watched out for one another, do they have differences? Absolutely. People will know, people that come from Latino America know that, you know, uh, people from Guatemala are different from people from Mexico, from Nicaragua, from um, down in South America, like Brazil and Peru and, you know, people from Spain. We're all different. We have different food and traditions and customs and everything. But we do have this boldness and this fierceness and this like desire to create this legacy that, you know, is beyond us. And that's why we are so joyful. And that's why community is so important to us. Y'all got these onions out here. Listen, like they started chopping onions in my apartment. My dogs are in the kitchen right now. And I got goosebumps and I'm trying not to ruin my mascaras. Uh, because what you shared and what you described sounds like a very special place. And given my lived experiences, I most certainly relate to that line where you said they can take away a whole lot of stuff, but they can't take away our joy. They can't take away our love. They can't take away our peace. And I'm struck in your peace how that is such a focal point. You use two quadrants to get us to focus on that. And you balanced that with all the other stuff that you described. So thank you. Cheryl, what would you like to share? First of all, As I don't I know about these onions. Right. These, these tears are coming down. I was like, ooh, God, y'all didn't tell me this. I would have brought my teeth. I'm like, ooh. Let me just look at my one eye is together. Um, so one of the things I would say is, first of all, there's no words more than to share than what Liz shared because it really just sunk in with anybody who's ever had any of those experiences or have the nostalgia or, or, or any of those things that just reminds you of home. Like you describe everything about home, whatever that means to you and, and, and so many of the depth of it. But what I will share is, I smiled the whole time, even though the tears was covered, girl. But because I know that you did your fabulous graffiti art, which I get to experience a lot of. So I know that her, the when she was telling this story, she was using her love, like not the love language, like love, love, but like the language she uses when she, <laughs> her, her written language of love, which is graffiti art. So these are like box words that Liz loves graffiti. That's why our website has us <laughs> posted in front of graffiti. Like that is all Liz, right? Um, and there's tons of funny family stories that I would never share, but with one day I can't wait for you to hear about them because they are hilarious. <laughs> but she is, this is her love, like literal language, right? Like how she uses this, the actual uh, font. And so watching her tell this story using the font is which that she shows love and in most cases where we joke and we have a fun, this is how she writes those things. So <laughs> I was just enthralled by the fact that I know that these are her words, but I'm more so happy to see her newest word that we haven't talked a lot about, which is peace, mm. right? And peace is her newest word. And, and I've heard her say it more often and to see that into the new quadrant was just a moment. And I just was like, wow, this is happening for her the this story that you're telling about how you got there and where you are is exactly the journey that I get to see behind the scenes. So I 
I'm a admirer. So for all of y'all don't know, she got the box letters, graffiti letters of joy, love, and peace over two quadrants. And it was so methodical, right? Like watching somebody write their love language of how they they show up and how they show purpose and how they interact with you and their most intimate pieces to put that on a sheet of paper and show the world. So that's why I was smiling really, the whole time. Yeah, really beautiful. Yeah. You, you, you have taught me that we can hold both. And I am grateful for you for that. And I, I will leave you with a question. You can answer it now. You think about it later. Holla back. You know how to get a hold of me. Uh, <laughs> what did this conversation and this experience teach you about what's next for you on the bigger canvas of your life? Yeah, for me, what I think and I didn't realize I was going to use the other two quadrants is that this here, all my experiences, how I show up in the world and, and how I show up to a lot in a lot of places, it showed me that this is, this carries way more weight than all Mm -hmm. the, the what ifs and the fears and the, the things that are holding us back and um, the expectations that society is placing on us and the the expectations that we carry from other people. Y- yes, these can be true, maybe, um, but that's that's up to you. That's your choice, whether you want to carry all these, you know, things with you, you know, mm-hmm. however you identify, whatever you hold powerful to you nobody can define that but you and nobody can take that power away from you because this up here all of this is you and your authenticity and it's your choice to see what you bring into this other side Mm -hmm. and how you show up and what's the impact that you're going to have and what what part of this is going to be you so I think where I was going to go with this and I might even finish it later on after the oh yeah, night. these things will keep the canvas will yes. keep talking to you. <laughs> so what I was gonna do is bring in some kind of darker purple in here because purple is one of like my signature colors that I love. Um, so I was gonna bring in some purples in here, and it was gonna be kind of representative of my choices. I said, you know what, I'm gonna choose to impact here, and I'm gonna choose to impact here, and this is what this is this is my strengths that I'm bringing into this. Yeah, those are like your core values too. It's like, mm-hmm. as you talk about bringing in that purple, it's like, oh, wow, you're really having a conversation about, to me, to you, it might seem different, but how I see it and what it brings up for me is you're showing us how to bring those core values into like the work that we do as DEI yeah. consultants, coaches, and as a community. Yeah. So that's all I got for you, folks. <laughs> Thank you. That done got into the soul. Listen, <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I didn't know what we were signing up for. And I was I was all the way ready, but not ready at the same time because I am filled up and I'm and I'm emotional, right? Like, I mean, I'm just happy to see the catharsis that Liz was able to go through, but I'm so excited because that picture to me. Um, I, I know that people are seeing it from different angles, depending on what you are, where you are. But the best part about this is this is the, this is Liz 
this is Liz all every day. Like this is how I experience her, all the colors and the weaves and the and these are the most exciting parts. Like if this was a stamp, I know that's old school. We don't really use them, but we use them. Um, this, if this was a stamp and Liz added her the pur more purple, as she said, I mean, this is how I see her like every day. Like this, this is her, her stamp of, of how I see her. And the only thing I would add is that a vibrant, like, club neon light will be oh like, yes we got some green in here just uh, like yes ma'am it's just mm -hmm. like like in the vibration the sound of music in the background like all of that was just like doom doom like this <laughs> will be the logo in that type of vibe and i'm like that's my girl like boom <laughs> and oh, so that man. was my reflection is like to see art show up as a representative of a person and in, in, in their experiences all in one place I didn't expect that. And I'm glad that I had to go in that dirty and that Liz, you were so vulnerable to do it. And thank, thank you, Dr. Um, Erica, for narrating and guiding us through that because even you play a huge role in that common voice. Like, I didn't know I needed that, right? Like the, the, the calm to listen and to be so focused on all the things that were happening, like all the sensory that was happening. So this was a moment, like this was yeah. a real moment. But Liz, what what reflections do you have that you want to share? I'm gonna have to go and uh lay down on the floor for a little bit and you know mm -hmm. meditate this. But I felt like this was so meditative and um inspiring and just powerful. And yes, Shara, you are a hundred percent right. The calm in Erica's voice is so powerful. I was very grateful and honored that you know I got she got to peer coach me because. This is what I got. Like those sessions were so real to me. And, um, you know, she opened me up to see other perspectives, um, other sides of myself. And I think that this is such a powerful tool to use. And I hope that people, when you think about the things that you're going through, that you don't think traditional and that you think outside of well, yes, we have a box now, but that you think outside of the box because <laughs> what you get is you get something so beautiful, powerful and authentic and to you. And and it's it's exactly what you want as opposed to someone telling you how you should. You know, we were talking about all these tools earlier that we had. Right. We journal, we meditate, we do this, we do this. I have everything that um, calm.com tells me to use, yet it was not <laughs> working this week. So I had to reach out. So I'm grateful for this because Erica, you're a very integral part of my community, right? So having this experience, yes, it was recorded to for YouTube, but you know, I knew that I needed to reach out to you at some point because we were going to do this, you know, behind the scenes. <laughs> so thank you, Erica, for this amazing experience. And, um, you know, thank you for coming onto our podcast and sharing a little bit about yourself and your story. Thank you. Thank you both. All so right, y'all. Catch us on morethanwordspodcast.com. See y'all later. Hey.